0: My name is Madison, and this is my Contemporary Digital Gothic presentation. My topic was women in the Gothic and how women have traditionally been left out of both older and newer literature, specifically the Gothic. Um, I would argue that all literature has been excluding women for a very long time, but the Gothic is something that women are very, like, who doesn't relate to the Gothic, and then women are still left out of it, It's just something that I thought was very important and I wanted to research a little bit more. Literature has been very centered around men and their experiences for a very long time, excluding women's voices. When literature is focused on women, it is seen as a feminist or progressive, as if women are equal, or them being equal is something of the the future and progressive. Women have habitually been background characters and placeholders in literature, rather than people, they are written as mothers, wives, sisters, victims, anything. They just are never written as people the same way that men are men do not have anything to prove in stories they're just characters and women more often than not have something to prove every time that they're a main character in a story in recent years this has begun to change mirroring the change in society's views on women many popular authors are women who see the negative influence of excluding women's perspectives and opinions in literature This has caused a division between traditional and contemporary gothic literature when it comes to women's roles in the gothic where traditional gothic literature is dependent on women being victims or placeholders and contemporary gothic literature has begun to exclude women as main characters in older writing the excuse exists that people genuinely thought different things about women than they do now today there's really no excuse to exclude women from literature but it does still happen one of the most well-known traditional gothic stories is Dracula. The story is about a man who gets trapped in Dracula the Vampire's castle and includes a few side plots involving the man's wife and her friend Lucy. Lucy is bitten by Dracula and becomes very sick. Many male doctors and suitors try to help her unknowing of what her condition actually is. None of these doctors are female, likely because there were very few females at the time it was written, but it's still a little concerning or at least a little relevant that there's no woman. Like, it's not something that I think should be ignored. These male doctors find a cure for Lucy, of course. The cure is garlic. However, Lucy's mom, who is written as a careless and clueless woman, throws away the garlic without knowing its healing effects. Of course, all of the men conclude that the woman doesn't know what she's doing and that the woman shouldn't have interfered with the man's cures. Um, Lucy dies later, and the only other female main character, Mina, helps her husband to destroy Jacula. While her husband performs the difficult tasks necessary to defeat the vampires, Mina helps another male doctor to do less important tasks. Later, Dracula enters the asylum where they're staying and preys upon Mina, turning her into just another victim. By the end, all of the main five women in the story have become victims of Dracula, while all of the men in the story are heroes. Aside from the overall plot of Dracula kind of being a little sexist, um it leans towards men being saviors and women being victims pretty heavily there are many specific instances in the book where men are described um as worthless without their beauty in one section the men describe lucy's transformation into a vampire as upsetting mainly because of her lack of beauty her once pure gentle orbs were no longer beautiful causing the men's love to turn into hate and loathing Um, This quote was pulled directly from the book, where the men consistently say that Lucy has lost all of the good parts of her without her beauty. Lucy's worth came from her purity and chastity, and now, as a vampire, she's no longer an innocent woman, causing the men to lose interest in her as a person. Although there were plenty of valid reasons why she may no longer be well-liked, such as she's now a murderous vampire, the men did not focus on any of them, and the writer didn't really write it in a realistic way at that point most men would not be disgusted by lucy because of her beauty being taken over but instead her purity and gentleness were gone making her disgusting in the writer's views of course in real life if someone turned into a vampire the last thing on their mind would probably be that she was no longer beautiful and that they shouldn't like her anymore it would probably be more of she's a vampire we can't like her now because of that um, the way that he wrote Lucy was pretty problematic, and although it was a very long time ago, I do think it is still something that should be discussed. Another specific instance of a questionable interaction in the book is when Lucy's suitor, Godalming, expresses his distress at Lucy being killed. He continually told the other men that he was doing fine after her death, but breaks down in front of Mina and one of the other men. The other man leaves the room, upset that he had to see Golding cry. Although men um, showing emotions is a traditionally, like, taboo thing, if someone just lost their fiance, very I would not think that most men would um, leave the room because they were upset that they saw their friend cry. I would think that most men would comfort their friend. They would be at least a little sympathetic. Instead, they were written as completely careless, emotionless machines, and the women were written as something that could comfort him and make him feel better. This perpetuates the idea that emotional vulnerability is something that should be exclusively shared between women. Mina writes in her journal later that there is something in women's nature that makes a man break down before her, without it feeling derogatory to his manhood. Although many people may have believed this at the time, it just isn't true. This generalization causes women in literature to be seen as supporting characters, as they are only there to fulfill a certain role in the story that can't be filled by a man. After they complete the role, the men in the story are able to get back on track and solve problems. Even in traditional gothic literature, this is problematic as it causes a lack of representation. Aside from the fact that it completely downplays women's role in literature, it also makes it harder for men to be able to show their emotions and not feel as if they are going to be missing a piece of their manhood. Um, It's just problematic on both sides and... In general, I don't think the story should be written in the way that women are there as caregivers and men are just machines, as it's very problematic for both men and women. Aside from those very specific instances, the whole plot of the story does carry sexist undertones. All victims in the story are women, and women cause many of the problems in the story while solving none. Um, For an example, Lucy's mom, who causes Lucy's death by throwing away the garlic, and the doctors, who all solve a huge problem by finding the garlic, are all male. The one woman, Mina, who survives until the end of the novel, is also victimized after spending the entire story being described as someone's wife. She wasn't there to be a person or to be a woman. She was there just to be one of the main character's wives. Lucy is sexualized by most of the characters throughout the book, including the writer. Her worth coming from just her beauty and gentleness. The men within the book do not face these issues. They solve Lucy's illness, figure out all of the facts about Dracula, and defeat the villain. Dracula is a malicious character throughout the book. written as powerful and luring. If a female was the main villain in a book, it just wouldn't have been written the same. It would have been very specific that they talked about her looks or talked about her sexiness. But instead, Dracula is able to just be a man and be a villain without having to talk about his appearance or talk about any of his good qualities or his feminine qualities. He is just able to be the villain. Women are not granted that same right in literature, and instead they constantly have to be described as something that makes them feminine. This isn't to say that Dracula wasn't an amazing piece of work or that it shouldn't be celebrated. It is more to show that women have continuously been put down in literature through microaggressions since literature has been written. These descriptions of the mainstream vampire character have been ridiculed in recent years, specifically for the depiction of medieval notions of masculinity being one of the core features that are used to depict the vampire. I took that from a paper written by zuratuza who basically described the entire paper about How vampires are usually written as the white male's um, ideal form rather than a woman or a person of color. Dracula is a prime example of this where a white ultra-masculine power-hungry man is the main character. Zuruza draws an interesting parallel to the Twilight books and movies where the idea is deconstructed. The vampires in Twilight consist of both men and women, neither of which are strictly bound by gender norms. The female vampires in Twilight are just as powerful as the male ones and the men in Twilight are not designed to strictly confirm to the masculinity that Dracula possesses. There are many possible reasons why Twilight does not carry the same sexist undertones as Dracula, the most obvious being that Stephanie Meyer, a woman, wrote Twilight and that it was written in 2005, making it much, much newer than Dracula. At the time of Dracula's writing, breaking gender norms or even showing the slightest bit of nonconformance was very taboo. When Twilight was written, this was not so true. It still is hard to find literature that is completely um, inclusive of both men and women and not forcing them to be um, strictly conforming to their gender roles, but Stephanie Meyer did a pretty good job of including both of those perspectives. Twilight is a pretty good example of a clear divide between traditional and contemporary Gothic. In Twilight, women are given very similar treatment as men. They're able to be vampires without being turned by a man specifically, and some of the most powerful characters are women. Although the main character, Bella, is sometimes given the typical treatment that women are given in books, she is sometimes seen as weak and unknowledgeable by the other characters. However, this seems to be more just because she is a human rather than a vampire, Um, and I don't think this has much to do with her being women. I do think that the main reason that Stephanie Meyer was able to give this good description of a woman without making it about her being specifically a woman was because Stephanie Meyer is a woman. And she did a very good job of portraying a woman's perspective in Twilight without making it just about her being a woman and a girlfriend and a wife. Instead, she writes Bella in a way that portrays her as a person with sudden thoughts and her own experiences. This is something that Dracula was missing from a female's perspective. In newer literature, especially gothic stories written by women, the idea of a woman's place in literature has been directly challenged. An example of a short story in which the sexist ideas of literature are being challenged is The Husband Stitch by Carmen Maria Machado. The woman in The Husband Stitch is the main character, who is victimized by her husband throughout the story. Although she is victimized in the story and is treated like a victim, it is more in a way to show how women are truly treated in society and in literature rather than in a way to downplay a woman's experiences and perspectives. Because it was written by a woman, it does not feel sexist to write her as specifically a victim and a wife and a mother. It's written in a way that is meant to um, call out these perspectives that many people have. Uh, This piece of work was written specifically to call out the sexist undertones of most literature while also mirroring them. In the husband, Stitch, the woman is narrating a story, something that's not really normal in a story where the woman is being victimized and really not too normal in a gothic story. Most gothic stories, even if they do include a woman's perspective from a first-hand point of view, um, they still include a, um, a man's perspective in other chapters. Throughout the story, her husband pries at the one thing that she has kept private, the ribbon around her neck. As he pesters her and pesters her about the ribbon throughout the book, the reader sees the slow breakdown of her bodily autonomy and her mental state. By the end of the story, she watches as her son treats his girlfriend in the same sickening way that her husband has treated her since they began dating. The story ends with her husband pulling the ribbon from her neck with her permission, causing her head to fall off and killing her. The Husband Stitch uses the perspective of a woman to show the unsettling ways that women are truly treated, while also downplaying the distress the main character should feel. This is realistic to many women's experiences where they do not know how serious their own choices in bodily autonomy is. In a way, this is drawing a direct parallel to real life where many women are victims of domestic violence or domestic abuse, but it's so normalized that people don't realize how bad they have it. In the book, she very specifically says that she has the, um, made the best choice of her life by marrying him. And it's kind of sad to see someone who has completely broken down um, her person being the best choice of her life. The ribbon in the husband stitch is really the main theme of the book. Throughout the book, since she's met her husband, um, he kept prying and prying at her about the ribbon. She was never able to just say, please let it go. He always asked again and again and again. And no matter how many times she said no, she knew that he was going to ask again. At a certain point, she broke down and she said that he could touch the ribbon, which is what ended up killing her. This is kind of a um, direct comparison with real life where women are um, continuously... Being persuaded into sex or doing anything they're not comfortable with, and no one really cares that much. It's just a thing where people, if you say yes, no matter how many times you said no before, it's still considered your consent. When really, as shown in the book, it shouldn't be considered consent. If you say no 50 times, it doesn't really matter if you say yes the last time, it clearly isn't something you want. I think that this story does a very good job of um, displaying consent while also displaying, um, the way that many people don't care about women's consent, especially in literature and in real life. The actual removal of the ribbon is not the only important instance of the main character being degraded by her husband. The title of the story, The Husband Stitch, is referencing an event in the book where the doctor sews up the woman's vagina after birth, which is an actual practice that many doctors perform. This not only violates the woman's bodily autonomy, but completely disregards the woman's interests and instead puts a man's above hers. In the story, she hears her husband and the doctor discuss the extra stitch, downplaying the severity of ignoring the woman's wishes and causing her to try to tell them no, to no avail. After waking up from her surgery, the doctor tells her that she is nice and tight, everyone's happy. The short line is one of the most important in the story, especially when considering the main theme of a woman's challenges in society. The doctor's choice of nice and tight references that he sewed her up with more stitches than necessary without making it explicitly clear Omitting that he clearly did an unnecessary procedure is a questionable medical practice, but it is something that women genuinely have to deal with. Something that many men don't take into account, especially when they ask a doctor to do so and they just don't even think about the severe consequences of it. Using the word nice implies that her natural tightness was not enough. Not for him, even though he does not have any relationship with her, nor for her husband, who should not have a choice in a procedure done on her intimate parts. When he says that everyone's happy, he doesn't mean everyone. The doctor means her husband, who made an unwarranted medical decision on her behalf without consulting her first. This is not something that is rare for women. It's something that many women have heard about or gone through throughout their lives. This not only displays the blatant disregard of a woman's decision with regards to her own body, but also shows the dehumanizing views that many people have of women, both inside and outside of literature. If it was a man, someone would not make the decision to do anything to his body without his consent. Instead, women are seen as something for men. Women's vaginas are seen as something for men to have sex with rather than something for the woman. It makes it hard for women to be able to make their own medical decisions and not be second guessed. A woman's perspective is something that i believe should be in all literature and all literature should be analyzed in a way that looks for that perspective when books are written with male characters as the main characters and women as only side characters nobody bats an eye if a book is written with women as the main characters with their experiences perspectives as the main theme it isn't considered just literature um it's then considered feminist literature women's literature progressive or radical Why are stories told solely from a man's perspective not deemed as male literature or men's literature? The default in books, especially in a topic as universal as the gothic, should not be one that excludes half of the population's perspective. These perspectives are important, and I don't think women should be the only people to care that they are being excluded. Women's perspectives are, are, are also valuable, especially in a society where they have considerably less power than men. Why wouldn't men want to learn about women's perspectives? Literature is one of the only ways women are able to get out their perspectives out and into the world without being silenced. The perspectives of women in literature have been downplayed and downplayed and pushed into the background since people started writing. But it's hard to imagine a world without women's perspectives and experiences, especially as a woman. If everyone had been listening to what women had to say, we may be much further along in women's equality than we are now.